0: I actually uh, went to the Royal Rumble and was at the Royal Rumble and I believe it was at about 1pm that I saw on the internet that Chelsea is going to debut with a Karen character. And I went up to someone and I was like, wait, what is this? Like, I'm coming out tonight for the Royal Rumble and I'm me.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, here with you once again to pick the brain of a WWE superstar. This week, that superstar is Chelsea Green, someone I've been a fan of for a long time. When you look at how, you know, the the length of time she's been in the wrestling industry, she's been on TV for almost all of it, and it's really cool to get her here finally and talk to her about her career in the industry. Super fun person. Really glad that I got to pick her brain. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Appreciate you being here very much. I want to start this off asking you what I ask everyone else on the show, and that is how much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV? I
0: mean, so much of it. So much is I have always been, you ask any of my girlfriends, if you ask any of my family members, I have always been the drama queen of the group Um, and also very much like the leader of the group, whether it's my friend group, whether it's like me and my little sister or my family, like I'm just like such a type A personality. So I really think besides me actually being a mean complainer, Everything else is real.
1: (laughs) So does that mean you're not necessarily much of a Karen in your regular day-to-day life? Oh my gosh, I'm so not a complainer. And the funny thing is, is like
0: my husband and I will go to a restaurant. And like, if something is wrong with our dish, we're both like, who's going to say it? Who's going to say it? And both of us are like, you know what? Let's just eat it. We're fine.
1: I love that. That's the first thing you brought up. I swear to God in my notes here. I have then my next question is have you ever sent food back to the kitchen? <laughs> oh my god! I swear to God. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, the funny thing is, is honestly, no. Like I'm I'm one of those girls too who I don't do well with a rare steak, but I order steak all the time. And I will cut around the edges and eat all the parts that are cooked before I'll send it back. I just can't do it.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever sent food back either. I don't think I have because I I also – I'm the same way. I'm like, that's fine. I'm just going to eat it. Whatever. It's it's not the end of the world.
0: Uh, and I – before wrestling, I was in the, the service industry for a really long time. I was a bartender, a waitress, the whole shebang, and I did that for years. Not that <laughs> – well, yeah, I kind of judge the people who send their stuff back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think I'm I do like, too. No, That's why no, I, I don't ask. Judge them.
0: Yeah, I judge them, and like, I don't want to be that girl.
1: I do think that working in a restaurant will make you feel that way, though, because I also worked in a restaurant. I was only a busboy, but I also worked in a restaurant, and you see the kinds of people that send food back or pull weird games, where like they'll eat everything and get a bunch of bottles of wine, and then be like, "I really hated my meal. I don't oh, want to pay for all this." God. The complainers,
0: all that. But that also, that being in the service industry has really taught me just how to deal with life, how to deal with difficult people, um, and, and how to communicate with people properly. And I also definitely judge people who speak poorly to anyone in the service industry. I really do, because you just have no idea what that person is going through, or if that person has worked a 12 hour day or the customers that they had before. So I don't know. I think that working in the service industry has done me really well in life moving forward.
1: I think, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I do think that I think as a society, we tend to lose sight of the fact that, you know, the person that we're talking to in any capacity is going through a lot, is dealing with a lot. They're going through just as much stuff as you are. They're dealing with the same, you know, not the same, but on the same level of issues. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying I'm like never rude to anyone, but I think that you do. It's crazy how we lose sight of that, that everybody is going through something.
0: 100%. And it's just, it doesn't matter the things that I've done since being a waitress or a bartender, I still, I still feel like I'm that girl who was serving, you know, like the people who made a lot of money and, and maybe spoke down to me. Like I, I just, I am the same person. I haven't changed. I don't think so. I, I feel connected to them. I don't know. I don't feel like there's any difference just because they're handing me a plate or my drink or whatever. Like that was me and I'm still me. So like, I, I just feel like everyone should respect the people who are who are in that service industry and, and giving us the things that we're asking for.
1: I relate so much to that because when I started here at Fox, and even now, like when we're out on the road and stuff and we're doing shoots and stuff, um, I was a PA for so long, you know, in television and stuff. So uh, there's like a thing that needs to be carried. I just kind of like go over and like grab it and help the crew. And then, you know, my my camera uh, guy, Jeremy, he'll attest to the fact that sometimes he's like, no, you don't have to do that. Like, it's cool. Like, we can handle it. And I'm like, well, no, I'm just like, I'm here, you know, or whatever. And you know, sometimes even Miz, I remember once was like, Really? Like, you're carrying your own stuff. And I'm like, Well, I'm not gonna like make them carry my the stuff that's for me, you know.
0: You know what's funny is that the other day, um, we have amazing security at WWE. And the other day, two of the guys were like, Chelsea. I, why are you, why are you standing outside your car repacking and packing your bags? We can take them all in for you. And I was like, oh no, I don't need you to take. And they're like, Chelsea, we can take your suitcase for you. And I had this just like immense guilt as he's walking my suitcase in with me, even though all my hands are full, but that's just, I think that's just ingrained in you. If if you were one of those people doing those, those jobs, you just want to continue Doing your own
1: job. Like, you know you can do it, so you just do it. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what about, okay, you've never sent food back, but what about leaving mean Yelp reviews?
0: Um. Okay, so I really, if I'm going to leave a mean review, it has to be very, very warranted. Like, I'm talking, even if I have a bad Uber driver, I... Still can't give them less than five stars because I feel like they're they're driving that Uber for a reason. They need that income for a reason. So, like if I'm gonna leave a bad review on Yelp, it's probably not gonna be a mom and pop shop or a you know small business owner or something like that. It's probably gonna be a chain and someone who actually needs to see it. And I will say, in the past couple years, I remember one bad review that I've left and that was for my LA fitness and they need to know what they're doing wrong okay? (laughs) My one Yelp review isn't going to shut them down but it might it might help the rest of the customers because we're all talking about it.
1: What were they doing wrong?
0: They have a bunch of people that stand inside the gym right when you walk in the doors that ask for money but it's like it doesn't matter what it's for. We're not talking like a cute little like basketball team or cheerleaders or something. We're talking like anything and everything. They are asking for money every single day. It's something different. And I just feel like at the gym, most people don't walk in with their wallets waiting to give money to somebody. No,
1: that's a weird place for that.
0: I think so. So I left a Yelp review saying that they should do it two stores down at Walmart. (laughs) I expect it from Walmart. When I walk into Walmart, there's a chance that I'm going to be donating money to somebody or to a cause or something. I know that, but not my damn damn.
1: I was really happy at Petco, because, or the other day at Petco, because for so long at Petco, when you're paying, the you 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 know put your number in, and then the next thing that comes up, it would say, do you want to help a dying dog? And I'd be like. And of course you do. Well, yeah, but I'd be like, this is such a guilt trip. Like, you're going to ask me as I'm buying stuff for my dog if, if I want to help a dying dog? Like, this isn't a fair thing to ask me. Like, you could word this a little better. And every time I'd pay, I'd think to myself, like, this is messed up, dude. And I'd give him money or whatever. And then the other day, I noticed they changed the prompt. And it no longer is as depressing. It's like something like, do you want to donate to pets in need? And I was like, much better. A lot off my back now.
0: Much better. And I will say that I am definitely one of those people who will always round up or click, you know, the $1, $2 donate on if I'm buying something, especially because if I'm, bu- if I'm, if I'm at the checkout and I'm buying something, I'm spending money, surely I can spend a dollar or $2 giving it to something in need, especially pets. I mean, my gosh, for me, I'm an animal lover, so I will always, Donate to pets, rescue pets, give pet food, whatever I could do.
1: They need to be able, they need a better way to tip the people bagging your groceries.
0: Okay, so I worked at a um, at a grocery store in, I think I was 14 or 15.
1: That, the hardest job. Yeah, it's one of those jobs where I go, this is a service job I would like to tip for. They're doing a, a good service here for me.
0: Standing there for eight hours in one place, they deserve a medal. It is, I mean, I think I lasted all of one summer, and I was like, no way am I standing there any longer. Did
1: And since you worked as one, I've always kind of heard this. Were you not allowed to accept tips? Well, nobody ever tried to tip me, so damn. <laughs> I would have accepted it. Give
0: me a tip. I would have pocketed it and it got fired for the $5 I took. (laughs)
1: Uh, What words would you use to describe your offscreen personality?
0: I think generous and thoughtful. I think that um, one thing that my friends always say about me that I um, love is they say I'm a good friend. I'm always checking in on them, no matter what side of the world I'm on. No matter if you're a friend from 20 years ago or a friend from five days ago, I, I always check in on my friends and my family.
1: You are a good friend, like, and, or just, and you're also a friendly person. Cause I mean, we've only talked, you know, here and there, but I feel like you're someone who I've talked I like, I could talk to for hours. I feel like we already know each other so well. And I feel like well, that's a testament of how good though. of a friend you can be.
0: Some people do not like that about me. Some people definitely like think that I talk too much and I get it. I totally get it. But like, I like that about myself. I could talk to a wall. That's why I have a very large group of friends. That's why I had 12 bridesmaids, you know? And hey, if you don't like me, you can walk away. Wait, you had 12 bridesmaids? That's so
1: many bridesmaids.
0: And and you know what? I never thought like, If I ever looked at a wedding party, I would totally think how dramatic and excessive and they can't, surely they don't have 12 girlfriends, like no way. And then as I was going through my group, I have this core group of girlfriends that I grew up with since, I mean, some of them since I was born, most of them since about like fifth grade from Canada. And then I have my core group of girlfriends that I have met since I moved to America Seven years ago, and since I started wrestling nine years ago. And those are the girlfriends that I met, you know, basically day one that I have kept and, and they'll forever be my friends. And I I couldn't choose or limit it, so I I, I invited them all.
1: <laughs> did, did Matt have just as many people on his side?
0: Well, that was kind of the strange, serendipitous thing is, like, when he started counting them, he, I believe... I believe he had ten or eleven.
1: Dang, yeah, because he has a lot of friends too that are like his, you know, his core group of like really good friends.
0: And that's the thing, right? He's got his his little group of wrestling friends, and they were all there. And then he's got his family members and his best friends from Long Island. So it was the same thing. Mine, my girlfriends just came from wrestling in Canada.
1: My friend, I have a good friend getting married this weekend, and I think it's going to be the first wedding I go to where. They don't. They're not having any like groomsmen, or I think I think they I think they only have one maid of honor and one best man, and and that's it because they didn't want to like well, choose between people. Good for
0: them. I was to be fair, I was all or nothing, and I chose all.
1: <laughs> how long go? How long ago was that? Now when you guys got married, a year and a half. Dang, time. Flies. Yeah, but I mean, gosh, it
0: was like. It was like three or four years ago. Four years ago, we were engaged, and we were going to get married immediately, but COVID.
1: COVID really screwed up a lot of stuff.
0: COVID really screwed up a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) How did you
1: and Matt first start dating?
0: We actually were set up on a blind date kind of blind obviously i googled him and i knew everything about him going into the date um but we were set up on a blind date through cody and brandy because cody and brandy had just left wwe and came over to impact where i was at the time and met me and said they had a friend who was lonely and needed to go on a date and so matt slid into my dms
1: that's amazing i didn't know that cody and brandy hooked you guys up
0: Yeah, Cody. I would I would give more of um, of the props to Brandy because Brandy like I mean, you know, guys are guys. I'm sure Cody was kind of like, yeah, she's cool. But like Cody didn't really know me. Brandy got to know me in the uh, in the time that she was at Impact and suggested to Matt that he reach out to me.
1: I think it's scary to hook your friends up like that, because I think I'm always concerned that if it doesn't work out, then I have to, like, choose between one of them. Well,
0: that's the thing, right? Is that you just never know if it's going to work out. And that's actually why I had a rule. And I will f- I will never live this down. But I had a rule, and I told at the time, AK, Ali, Rosemary, and Maria Canellis that I would never ever date a wrestler ever because I never wanted to be in this position where you would break up and people would take sides and it would get messy and all that stuff. And then the first wrestler that I dated, I married.
1: (laughs) What was it about Matt that drew you to him and made you fall in love with him knowing all of that?
0: Well, he's just a very, very normal person. And when we first went on that date, we never spoke about wrestling. And... I've now learned, obviously, he is obsessed with wrestling. This goes back to when he was two and three years old. He loves it. But for me, I just joined wrestling so late in life that I had so much more to talk about. And so I just, like, needed someone in my life that, yes, understood what I was doing for a living, but wanted more out of life than just wrestling. And so when we spoke for two hours on our first date about everything else besides wrestling, I for me, that was like, ooh, okay. Okay, maybe this could work.
1: It's From from a fan perspective and just from watching Matt, I couldn't imagine him not talking about wrestling for two hours.
0: Well, (laughs) you want to hear the crazy thing? The crazy thing is that we went the first, I would say, two to three years of our relationship not talking about wrestling. And when the pandemic hit, that is when the true Matt Cardona came out and... I had to totally adapt and we had to change our whole, the whole dynamics of our relationship because I realized how big of a wrestling fan he truly is.
1: How was he able to keep that for so long? Was it because now you were just together 24 seven basically? So I think that like when I really
0: look back and try to think like, how did I not know this? I think it was that we were so busy. I was on the independent scene and doing impact he was at WWE we were only hanging out on Tuesday and Wednesday maybe Thursday sometimes and then we were off again so he was you know stepping off the airplane from working and he was turning off wrestling and we were just doing fun things that you know we were traveling and and going to Disney and stuff like that and then the pandemic hit and and even me just getting my my the first run at WWE at NXT I was like,
1: oh, oh, he likes this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, okay, wait. Uh, did he not, were his toys not like all out and stuff back then? Yeah, but like, I don't know. They were
0: action figures. Like I was just learning about this, Ryan. Okay. This is a whole new life for me. I don't know. I was like, there's Funko Pops and they are, there's friend Funko Pops and Harry Potter Funko Pops. And I mean, I saw all the wrestling stuff, but he also had Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, everything. So I did not know that he was this crazy wrestling fan that just was obsessed.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I also, man, I love that he has just completely reinvented himself on the indies. Like I was such a big Zack Ryder fan, but it's so cool just to see someone like him who I'm sure some people thought, well, that's. That's all he's gotten him. That's who he is. He's going to be Zack Ryder forever. Um, He's going to be that Long Island character. And he said, no, I'm doing something different. And, you know, it has really paid off for him to where it's just so cool to see.
0: Well, the best part, I mean, I knew what he had in him. And that's not just from watching him wrestle. That's more so from hearing his ideas and seeing the wheels turn, like there's no one that thinks like him. There's no, he doesn't turn this off. He is always thinking of the next way to reinvent himself. And I saw that when he was at WWE, but he was the good guy. He was the lovable guy. He was the guy that the fans were behind. And so when he lost his job and when he was forced to reinvent himself, he really was like, I need to do opposite of what. I've ever done and that was to be the baddest of the bad and I'm just like so proud of all the things he's done and I know that a lot of his friends told him not to do that death match but I supported it and I still support it and I think that that was the best move for him and it changed every single wrestling fan's perspective on who Zack Ryder slash Matt Cardona is and can be
1: Absolutely. It's crazy to see someone as beloved as he was who, you know, w- when The Rock and these names are mentioning him, the people are going insane. He's this massive, you know, uh, underground success that had done all these things for himself using the power of the Internet as a baby face. And yeah, to see him get so hated by the fans now, it's just it's awesome. I love to see it. We can talk about that more. I'll talk about you, though. We're here to talk about you. Uh I saw you backstage before returning at the Royal Rumble, and we didn't talk because I'm still new to being backstage at times. And so I was so hesitant to say anything. Uh, because Did I see you? No, because you were a surprise. Okay. And I was like, I was like, I don't think I should go talk to her because I'm not supposed to know that she's coming out in this match, even just right there. But if
0: I hadn't seen you just know, I would have been talking your ear off. Good.
1: Good. Uh, how did you feel about your surprise return?
0: I mean, I loved it. I was waiting to find out when my surprise return would be for months. So for me, the Royal Rumble was like, it was perfect. And just the way that the entire day came together and uh, those five seconds will live on forever. I really think that that is the perfect way to come back.
1: Oh, here we go. We got it right here. I love it. Uh, while, while while we're while we're watching that play Her, out there she is Her is longer than the time in the ring <laughs> <laughs> that's a long walk yeah i i feel like that's a long time to have people just like staring at you at once just so much focus on you in a royal rumble
0: it, it is but i love it <laughs> look at me i don't i don't even run look at me i'm like yep and here i am take a picture
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love it uh, <laughs> oh wait okay i was going to ask that i have that here so so you were signed for months before this. Yeah. So what how, what happened? What was going on? Was it just kind of like, we got to figure out what character we want to have for you? I think so. And it's
0: just a matter of like, when's the perfect op- opportunity to put her in? And I think it's just like, let's figure out a way to surprise people. And maybe they know that it's going to be at the Royal Rumble, but but how? They're never going to know. You know what I mean? So I just thought
1: it was, it was perfect. Yeah, that's great that you got to do that. I mean... Of course, but I think that (laughs) it's got to be still frustrating to have done all that and then be like, well, man, I'm just sitting here waiting for a couple months now.
0: The first month was great because the first month I was able to, I was so busy before signing to WWE that I was still in this place of trying to get the laundry done, trying to get the dishes done, trying to get my house figured out and, you know, just like keep up with life. So the first month I was like, this is great. I'm getting paid I know they're gonna bring me back and I, and I'm able to just like think about what I want to do when I do go back while also just like getting my life together and then the second month rolled around I'm like okay well this surely this is the month right I'm gonna make my comeback now I kind of know what I'm gonna what I'm gonna be or who I want to be the gear I want to wear and then by month three I'm like okay, what the hell is going on? I need to debut. You know, then you start getting
1: antsy. Yeah. Well, was the Karen thing something that was brought to you or an idea that you had?
0: Um, It was not an idea I have. And I Let me tell you something. I am not shy. I will pitch 101 things, and the internet makes fun of me for it, and I don't care. My favorite thing to do is to come up with pitches that are so ridiculous and out there. But Karen was not my idea. I mean, I've come up with definitely versions of this Karen. But no, I actually uh, went to the Royal Rumble and was at the Royal Rumble. And I believe it was at about 1 p.m. that I saw on the Internet that Chelsea is going to debut with a Karen character. And I went up to someone and I was like, wait, what is this? Like, I'm coming out tonight. For the Royal Rumble, and I'm me. I is this what is happening? And um, and they came back with uh, like maybe a couple hours later, and they were like, "Yeah, like we'll deal with that. You know, once the Rumble's over, we'll sort out how your character is going to be." And then I kind of was like, "Well, I want to start it tonight. Like, if I don't win this thing, when I get out of the ring, I'm gonna start." being a Karen and so I just did it
1: that's amazing because I think that twofold one uh I'm on Twitter I'm on wrestling Twitter uh people yeah. y- you and I'm sure you see it all the time people go like oh Chelsea was the one that told them this th- that, and the other yeah. so the, so the fact that you saw it on the internet at the Royal Rumble we're like uh what is amazing yes
0: the crazy thing is, is like, I don't, um, so I have all my quality filters turned on and everything just for mental health reasons. Like I just, right. I just don't think it's necessary to have everything coming at you. So I don't see a lot of stuff that people tweet at me. Um, And so when I was tagged in it over and over again, I'm like, wait, what is this? And also who checks Twitter on the day of Royal Rumble? Like I'm busy. (laughs) I, I have things to worry about. But when I kept getting tagged in the same thing, I read it and then I'm like, wait, what? Like, but sometimes There's truth to it. You just never know. And I'm so thankful that I asked. Like, And I felt stupid for asking because it totally could have been made up. But I just needed to know if, for me, if I'm going to be a character, I'm going to be that character. You will not catch me out of that character on camera. So I wanted to start it the minute that I could. And if that meant when I got eliminated, if that meant when I won, if that meant when I did my entrance, I wanted to be...
1: Karen yeah I think that's important I think that's why the hot mess character got over so well is because you were so dedicated to it and you really like embodied it the whole time you were on camera and anytime you were doing that character
0: (laughs) which is so funny because while I was doing it I didn't even know I was doing it like I was just being over the top and a drama queen and an idiot and just like trying to flex like my fun acting muscles that I didn't even have. And it just has turned out to be kind of this iconic thing that is so great. Like for me, whenever I meet someone and they're like, oh, I loved your hot mess character. And I've been able to kind of use it as inspiration for every other character that I've done.
1: Yeah, I, you know, when you talked about how you love pitching stuff and you had months of kind of throwing stuff out there. Um, that explains in a way why you haven't gone back to that character, that you are kind of looking for something new, a different character portray. Like you did that already and now you're trying to do the next thing.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly it. I think it's the evolution of the hot mess because I think in wrestling, you, you know, I've become the hot mess. And I will forever be the hot mess. And I love that. So now I want to make sure that the hot mess, there's just different sides to it, different shades of the hot mess. And I do feel like I totally brought the hot mess to Lucha Underground when I was reclusa, just in a dark, demonic kind of way. And then um, now coming in, bringing it, it's like a hot mess complaining Karen. Like there's just different ways, but I'm still a hot mess, (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, yes. Your current character definitely has the same shades of like over the top ridiculousness and overreactions and drama and and all of that. It's just maybe not with like a um, messed up makeup,
0: you know? Exactly, right? Like when we strip away the makeup, it's just me. I have a very expressive face. I'm very over the top and dramatic. Like it's it is totally. Me and I don't think I can ever be the cool girl. I don't think I ever will be like in real life when you see me on the street, maybe like you're you think with like the outfits that I'm wearing or like the way I look like uh, like that I'm a typical like cool girl, but that's just not who I am. Like I am very, very over the top and goofy.
1: I think that I've talked to in the past, I talked to Charlotte similarly, where it's like she doesn't necessarily feel like the way that she presents for a long time didn't necessarily feel the way that she presented herself. And she almost had to create this character of who she wanted to be to almost get herself to that level of like, well, this is what I want to be, but I don't don't see myself that way. And she's almost had to kind of like push herself there. And I think that it is hard to kind of break out of who you see yourself as. Like we were talking earlier about still feeling like a service industry worker or or whatever, and I think that sometimes it's like it is really hard to – break out of the way that you ultimately feel even if you want to be something bigger or different.
0: Totally and you know what, at the end of the day I, when I first started becoming the hot mess I didn't realize that that's what makes me unique. That's that's my thing is that the character acting and the over the topness of of my face. You know I don't need to be the best technical wrestler and I don't need to do the most flips. There's always gonna be someone else that does more flips than me and and is a better Matt wrestler or grappler or whatever. But nobody is going to have the facial expressions that I have. Nobody is going to take a character and run with it. So far that creative have to has to say, whoa, 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 stop. We need to pull you back. That is me. That's what makes me special. And that's why I hope that people watch me.
1: Well, I'm happy that you're getting a second chance to do that in WWE because I was bummed, you know, that things didn't work out last time you were in the company. So, you know, it's cool that you're getting that opportunity now. Um, did, did Triple H reach out to you? Like, how did your return come about when that went down?
0: No, I texted him and I said, "I want my job back," and he said, "Okay, call me." So. I texted him, I want my job back. And he said, okay, call me. And I was shocked. I want to go back to WWE. My story is not finished. And it wasn't finished. And on that phone call, he said, I absolutely will have you back. And you just tell me
1: when is a good time for you to start. Dude, that's so cool. Because I think that, God, like I'm someone who I love the term make it happen. I've always been about the term make it happen. And I think that like sometimes when you're dealing with whatever, you've had certain things happen to you, it's so easy to just not take the initiative, to not do that, to not just text a Triple H and be like, yo, dude. Give me my job back, you know, like to where, you know, you'd think that that's something that you're just that it's it's just like, oh, I can't do that or I shouldn't do that or I don't do this. But nothing happens unless you're making stuff happen for yourself. And the fact that you took that initiative and it led to you coming back like this, that's just that's what life's all about. Like, that's that's why you're successful. Like, that's so cool.
0: And you know what? At the end of the day, like, why are we embarrassed to ask for things? I just I will never understand that. I have asked to work for WWE probably 100 times. And I am not embarrassed about that one bit. I have my dream job. I'm doing exactly what I want. I get to help give my family what they want. I get to feed my amazing animals and live in Florida. Why would I be embarrassed that I had to ask somebody for that? Yeah, I got it. This is no different. I have no problem asking for it now. Just no asking for tough enough, and I had no problem asking for my very first tryout in 2014. And when they didn't give it to me, you best believe I asked for it
1: eight more times until they gave me that damn tryout. That's what you gotta do, though, man. Like that is what you have to do. I mean, even me, the internet gives me shit or whatever oh shill whatever but like I wanted to work here like I was doing the wrestling news thing was not happy with it wanted to change my circumstances wanted to do something that was going to be more fulfilling to me something that I was going to enjoy doing every day so I reached out to Fox Sports and I was like hey I heard you guys are doing this show called Backstage if you need a news person I'm the guy in LA and then once I got that I wanted this job that I'm doing now and I said hey If you guys need someone on the internet side, I'm your boy. And they eventually did. And I left what I had been doing to come here. But it's like, I think that ultimately, you you just got to do it. You got to take that leap. It's funny. I talk sometimes about how I want to sell a TV show one day. And every time I put it on the internet, I've got that one guy who's been following my career from the beginning. He's like, you said you were going to make... you said you were going to make uh, 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 this movie or that movie, and you still haven't done it yet, you know? You you said you were going to do this, or, you know, you said you were going to make Ready to Rumble, and you still haven't written that script, and so uh, I, I've also always put it out there, so I think that it does kind of like, it makes you, well, that guy's going to know if I don't make Ready to Rumble, so I have to make that movie now.
0: <laughs> it's true, and as silly as it sounds, you know, I told all my friends and family um, when I decided to go to wrestling training because I wanted them to hold me accountable. Why are you doing this? Like You're crazy. But it held me accountable, and I did it.
1: Hell yeah, you did. Hell yeah, you did it. Uh, I'm going to ask you one non-wrestling-related question, and then I'm going to go into my uh, finishing segment here. But this has nothing to do with wrestling. If you could switch lives with any celebrity <laughs> for a week, who would it be?
0: Ooh, I would say I just have a... An obsession, Maria Menunos. Okay, I love Maria Menounos. So if it wasn't Maria Menounos, it would be Jessica Alba.
1: Jessica Alba's a great call. I saw the most insane tweet about Jessica Alba earlier today when I was getting ready for this interview, where I, I think she was like courtside for some basketball game, and somebody quote tweeted like a video of her being like, "Y'all, hear me out," as if like it's not known that she's super. Attractive already like as if he was being like hey guys, I'm saying like look at Jessica Alba like she might be really hot and it's like Jessica Alba's been one of the most attractive people on the planet for like 20 years. Like what are you talking about? I feel like she is the full
0: package because She's hot, but she's also very smart. She's got her own brand like she has got it figured out because she really doesn't have to work anymore but she still does. She does the things she loves.
1: Well, she's on TikTok. She got all the face. She does like makeup and face stuff now, right?
0: So she has honest beauty and it's all, That's- I mean, it ranges from everything from beauty products to cleaning products, so many things.
1: Yeah, she's all. Over. I
0: like, if I was to like really, if I was to jump into somebody's life, I want it to be someone who transitioned from one thing. That they were boxed into, like acting or wrestling, to something else, and they and they took off in that other field. That's what I respect and love.
1: Yeah, I also respect when people can do that very much. I mean, even someone like a like a Logan Paul or a Bad Bunny, where they're like, you know, I like this wrestling thing. I want to try it too, even though I'm a uh, making millions of dollars doing this other thing. Like I want to test myself. I want to transition into this other thing that I've always liked, and I I also. Uh, I also really respect people who can transition and, and do different things. All right, we're going to end it here. Uh, I got... Uh, let's see, what time is it? Two, all right. This is my s- final segment of the show, the segment that I call The Finishing Move. Oh, yeah,
0: the time limit, because I could,
1: I could talk forever. Oh, I know, dude. We've been talking for 45 minutes already, though. We've done a good job here so far. Uh, <laughs> I told you, I could, tell, I, I could tell from talking to you that you're someone that I could talk to for hours. I had... Yeah tons of notes here but i knew we weren't going to get to all of them because i could i already know
0: i talk too much no
1: no we're on a podcast talk too much is what i want so that's true true. if someone's giving me one word answers i'm like oh this is gonna suck for 45 minutes (laughs) um i'm just gonna ask you this one question uh what's the most memorable time that you've hit your finishing move on someone and why
0: um, I would say, probably, when I won the Impact Women's Championship, that was the first time that I really felt that the wrestling world was putting faith in me and believing that I could be a, a star.
1: Especially in a division like that, I mean, the Knockouts division is not nothing to uh, shake your head at. I mean, they the, they have great female wrestlers there.
0: They're amazing.
1: Chelsea, thank you so much for giving me the time today. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to do this. And I promise if I see you backstage in the future, this time I won't stay hidden in the shadows. I'll come say hi.
0: Thank you for having me on. We'll have to do part two because I have so much more to talk about.
1: Please, yes, so do I. Yeah, no, I've got a bunch of segments here we didn't get to. So we will do part two. Don't worry. Just make sure you guys listen to, to all of part one. Share it and make sure you tell everyone that you want to hear part two. <laughs> Chelsea, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, that was my conversation with Chelsea Green. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. She is a blast to talk to. Surprising to find out that she's not a Karen in real life. Kind of disappointing, but also understandable because she's super nice and a super cool person. So the fact that she's not a Karen, little disappointing, but also probably for the best. Before we get out of here, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure you follow WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of those platforms, so make sure you're following us there to stay up to date. Also, make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. If you're watching this on video right now, I hope I look good enough for you. I hope I made myself up enough. I know I need a little bit of haircut still, but we filmed a couple episodes in a row. That's just me pulling the curtain back a little bit. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to get a haircut soon. I promise. Uh, But make sure you subscribe to this channel so you can see the next video I'm in where I have a haircut. It'll look a little better then. I promise. Uh, You subscribe here, you're going to get clips from Raw and SmackDown. You're going to get clips from this show and more in the community tab. So make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. And if you're watching on video and you're not already subscribed to the podcast feed, make sure you're subscribed there as well. That way you can get this show when you're out in the world, not just when you're on your computer and you can listen to it when you're driving, working out, doing whatever. Uh, I appreciate it very much. So make sure you guys go check out the podcast feed as well and subscribe. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another episode of Out of Character.